Welcome to Intuitive Art Sales. This is the show where I, Jessica Craddock, am going to teach you how to source your art marketing from within. You're going to practice claiming that authentic art business that you want and leading it the most natural way for you to get there. You're going to learn to get connected to your intuition, your confidence, and your community so that you can sell your art consistently while holding strong boundaries on your work-life balance. Hello, I am here with the beautiful Sarah Hodgson Brown, and she is a couple of years into a casual art business, but she is about to jump full on head into doing this full time. So yay for you. Um, She used to be a wilderness guide as a full time living, but then she had this traumatic accident. So that's how she kind of got into painting her acrylic and oil landscapes. And that's really her outlet now to help connect people to that bigger power. So I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing, Miss Sarah. Thank you. And it says Allie, but that is her wife. And I'm probably going to call you Allie at some point during this. Just I'll answer to anything. (laughs) So either way, um, correct me if I do, please. Okay, so we're going to start off with the vision. Because that's the most important place to start. We can't get to the end goal if we don't know where the end goal is. So um, imagine we're celebrating a year from now because you have like gone full on and you have really done it. And you are living in France with your family and you are reliably selling through collection releases on Instagram and through exhibitions. And you've got that that safety and security and freedom in that financial security. So now you're doing cool projects with cool folks. Tell me some more about all that. Okay. Uh, Well, off the top, I would imagine that um, I'm having the opportunity to paint in plein air. Um, The Alps, like the Alps in Switzerland and France are something that I just fallen in love with the first time I saw them. And so in my, yeah, in my daydream, I would be taking clients uh, into really special places in the mountains to paint in plein air. And that would be a source of livelihood as well as um, a reputable way to continue teaching, which is something that I love to do. yeah, so just combining both of those things and being in a stage where I can not have to worry about filling those seats and that people are seeking me out and interested in doing that. I'm just taking some notes so I don't forget anything. Okay, awesome. So that's interesting because I know that you had said that you have also been a full-time art teacher in the past. And so some people will come in and say, I want to teach, but they don't really mean it. They're just thinking that's a more reliable way to bring in an income, which is why I think it's so important to spend a little bit of time on this vision because I don't want you to go the wrong direction. But when you said it, I felt that it was coming from a really true and honest place of, I would love to do that. That sounds fantastic. And that was the first thing you said before I want to sell my collections or I want to do collaborations, which were some of the notes that you had given me prior to us talking. And so it sounds like the thing you're most excited about right this minute is pursuing that. Is that true? Or was that just an addition to what you had said earlier? I think that for me to feel confident financially and in my practice, uh, established practice, I'm making the assumption that I have those things somewhat sorted for whatever that Mm -hmm. word is worth. And that the productivity of my painting in and of itself is reliable enough that I am able to then jump back into teaching because I've just left teaching. I mean, the school year ended, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. And and it was daunting for me to say goodbye to my students um, and to think that something that I spent many, many years crafting, I'm putting aside. So it's, it's not a different direction, but it's like, 
I know how to do both things. And so my priority right now is, is a painting practice, a productive, like financially secure painting practice. And then I would hope that at that stage, then I can jump kind of forward and also back into bringing this world of teaching kind of with me into the future. Okay, so let me make sure that I understood what you said. You're telling me that you want to paint and sell the paintings first. And then as a result of that, it will be easier for you to get the clients for the teaching spots. And that's the order you would like it to go. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. So I don't want to make this sound like a bad thing, but you are presenting lots of challenges to yourself at once because you're moving to places where you don't have connections yet, I assume. Is that true? It's true. And um, kind of changing careers simultaneously. So what I want to do with you for a minute is think, what is it that we already have in place? Because all these things are changing. So what do we have that we can hold on to, that we can kind of ground into and feel secure about. Like I've already got, and it could be mindset, it could be um, a collector base on Instagram who is supportive, it could be that um, skills that you have that you feel really secure in, like where can we start? Where can we start building from? Right. Um, okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that um, I've left Switzerland, but I have a huge network base there. Okay. And in fact, all the commissions that I've done in the past two years have been obviously through people that I've known through work and parents of students and things like that. So that's really surprised me actually, because that network has slowly grown, like it's expanded and it's been word of mouth. I didn't do anything to really promote that or make, um, and so that I have discovered that that is actually a huge asset and I don't really know how to manage that. Like I read about things like how to, you know, how to follow up on that line of interest in your work and turn it into a sale when somebody says, yeah, I'd love to buy something uh, because I get a lot of that. And so it's just happened organically, but I think it's something that if I knew how to, I could, <laughs> I could you know, build on that and, and really, yeah, give that a little bit of focus. I need to clarify something really quickly because I made the assumption, and this was stupid of me, but I made the assumption that you were in the United States for some reason. Is that wrong? Yeah. You're in Switzerland now? Yes. We've been in Europe for the past 10 years and, um, and in Switzerland for the past seven, but it's always been teaching. I've always been teaching in an international school. Um, So yeah, this is a life change in the sense that it's a new country, but it's not far from where we have been living for quite a while. That is a huge difference (laughs) from what I had in my head. You were Uh like moving from somewhere where you know everyone to somewhere where you know nobody and just like starting from scratch. That would be so hard. Okay. So that's very helpful to know. So you've already got this client base that is organically growing, which is a really great sign because that tells me that you already, and I really hate using these words around art, but for lack of a better phrase, it means you have a product that people are already interested in buying. Right. And when I say that, I'm always afraid that people are going to think, well, it's not a product, it's art, and it comes from me, and all of that is true, but there are always, like, little tweaks that you can make to it, like, maybe they want bigger, or maybe they want smaller, or maybe if, you know, you experimented with your style and brought a Sharpie into it, it would just explode, like, just these little bitty tweaks to it that make a difference. So I feel like you are already at that place where people are wanting what you have. So if that were not the case, if we were really 
struggling to get interest in it, there would be different advice, but we've already, we've got that level. So two things we have going for you so far, are you've already got an organically growing client base, not too far from where you're going and they want what you have. They want your landscape paintings. Anything else you can think of? Maybe any, do you know what the term limiting beliefs is? Yeah. Any, any limiting beliefs that you've overcome that you've been working on or you've been made aware of or um, any strengths in your personality or knowledge or anything like that? Um, definitely the biggest one that I've been most aware of and working on, which seems like forever, is this idea that if you aren't working every minute of the day, that mm. you will fail, that I will fail. Uh, and so that's a huge one for me because actually that I'm big into just finding that place where, um, and my wife is amazing for this. She's like been this amazing, it's great to be married to somebody that you're like, she's like been a mentor for me. She just rolls with the energy. So for me, that's been a big focus is that actually you can't force things that won't be forced and that it's okay to like, to relax into things and to just follow that good feeling. Um, because I do believe strongly that that power uh, is, yeah, it's just going to make it work. And so I need to override my default setting for what I do better. That's been the main thing is because I can work really hard teaching because I know how to do that, right? I know how to be efficient. I know how to get things done. I know how to do 18 things at a time. And the, the you know, that system is like really running you must do this in order to achieve this uh, whereas my painting practice is really the opposite right it's completely intuitive it's totally an energy thing you know and you can feel yeah. it you feel a switch happening and suddenly you're in a different place I mean I think that's why people love to paint I would hope and so I, I know that feeling and I need to I need to find a balance between those two halves of myself <laughs> that's very insightful of you to know because it's it's not only something that's been ingrained in you, but it's this outer influence as well. It's like the world tells you, oh, you need to do this and this and this and this and this. And all the, all the advice doesn't match up. So then you're trying to do 15 different things from 15 different people. And it just, it can be so overwhelming, which again, is why we got to really ground into that vision that you have. What do you want? And what do you already have, which is where we're going? And then how can we put those two things together to help you get some action steps to move forward? So give me just a second. I'm looking at my notes. Will you be going to Switzerland on a regular basis or is it going to be more of a an internet connection moving forward? Um, no, I mean, we are three and a half or four hours away from where we used to live. So it's not a huge, for Europeans, that's like gargantuan. But mm. for North Americans, it's like, it's like a weekend trip, basically. Right. Um, so I would say, I don't know. The community that we have there has been our family for seven years. So yeah, I can't say for sure, but I, it's definitely not a, a case of like bye-bye forever kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have people that are, you know, like basically family. Um, so I can't see that we are not going to be back there on a regular basis. By regular, I mean, you know, a few times a year. So yeah. to speak. So the very, very first thing I would do, and I'm kind of formulating as I go, but is make a list of all of those people in Switzerland who are like family, who are, who have bought art from you in the past, who have shown interest, who 
you would want to have lunch with, like that whole network, because that's your starting base of your true fans. And I think it's really important, like you said earlier, knowing how to use that client base or that that true fan base, excuse me, that's client is not necessarily accurate there, but to help you grow from where you're at. Because you could just move to somewhere else and just start introducing yourself to people and that would work, but that's gonna take more, more time, more effort. It's just gonna be slightly more difficult. While I'm not saying you shouldn't do that as well, taking the people you already have and helping them or them helping you make this transition in your life would be really a great asset for you. So once you have that list, I would take the time to reconnect with all of them. And that could be as simple as a text message, a Instagram DM, a phone call, a going away party, like it could even be a mix. So some people you're gonna feel comfortable doing this with and some people you're gonna feel comfortable doing that with. Because you wanna keep them around you. You don't want them to just float off into, I was gonna say the Netherlands, I don't know why. <laughs> and then just start from scratch. You love these people and they love you. And we don't wanna lose that. So once you have this list and you are reconnecting before you leave, you can use the leaving as an excuse. I'm about to move. I just, you know, I wanted to let you know that you're important to me and I wanna keep you in my life. And how are things with you? As simple as that. From there, when it feels good, when it feels comfortable, I would say, as you know, we are moving to France. Do you know anyone that, that you could introduce me to? I want to start off with, you know, knowing a couple of people. So I don't feel like this stranger all alone. I'm sure I've got my family, but I also need people around me. Do you know anyone that I would love to connect with? My guess is mm, half of the people you ask will know someone who they think, oh yeah, this would be a great fit for Sarah. Let me introduce you. And then you can even be specific about how you want that introduction to be made, depending on where you like to hang out. It could be um, can you introduce us on Instagram? Can you send an email to both of us introducing us? And it can be as simple as so-and-so, you should know Sarah because X, Y, Z. Sarah, you should know so-and-so because of X, Y, Z. I'll let you guys take it from here. Yeah. I think that's going to be a really great starting place. Is that going to get you everything you want more? No, but that's going to get you on your way. And I'm all about finding the very first steps to take, which is what we've talked about at the very beginning. If you know your very specific first steps, you can get moving. If you only look at where you're going, it can be a little bit paralyzing. Yeah. yeah. Like, how does this get me here? I can't do this until I figure out all the steps in between. When you take one step forward, things happen. And I don't, I can't tell you what is going to happen. You might meet a gallerist curator who happens to love your work and sells everything for you. And that just took care of all of your problems. It could be that you meet a new best friend who helps introduce you to more people in France. It could be that all of a sudden you have two networks. I can't predict for you exactly what's going to happen, but I can tell you some things will happen. And your job is to look and pay attention and say what opportunities, what open doors are coming up, what threads can I follow and use those to find your next steps towards this vision that you painted for me. So my guess is 
because you don't have a whole lot of people there yet, you're probably going to want to start looking for people with connections there. Meaning, I call them super connectors. It could be a gallerist. It could be someone who is an interior designer and uses people's work. It could be a, a shop owner who has their own people. So looking for people who know people, essentially. I have a friend here. I don't know if she's ever going to listen to these, but if she is, hi, Sarah. Um, I have a friend here who I met when I moved here. She was the first person I met. And every single friend that I have here, I think is a result of me knowing her first. I would consider her a super connector. She introduced me to this person and then this person introduced me to this person. And then she introduced me to this group and this group and this group and this person. And like, that's how I have a network of friends in the place that I live is because of one person. So it doesn't even take a lot. Yeah, It does take you being open and willing to meet these people and spend time and see if you connect with them, see if you like them. So that's your step one. Okay. Big picture. You said, again, you said that if I knew how to turn these people into buyers, was that the word you used? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. yep. That would be really helpful. Um, this is a short podcast, so <laughs> I can't give you the whole thing, but I can give you the overview of how I love to do this. Let me take a drink real quick. So first off, it starts with getting to know who they are. You don't want to form a relationship with someone that is all about you because that's not a relationship. So you wanna know who they are, what they love, what makes them them. That can be done in many ways. And I know that you don't have all the time in the world because you have a family and you have a new business that you are starting and a new move. So it could be as simple as getting to know someone over this little, little phone guy. Text, phone calls, Zoom calls, in-person meetings, meet up and go somewhere. Just depends on the person, how much time you have and what you want to be doing. The more time you spend with someone, the more you're going to get to know them. So I'm feeling a little bit scattered right now. Hold on. Let me collect my thoughts. Getting to know them and who they are, forming a relationship. Relationship is such a strong word and it can be a little bit intimidating. Like, I don't know that person. How do I form a relationship with them? It doesn't, it's again, it doesn't start with how do I form a relationship with them? It starts with, do you want to have coffee? And see where it goes from there. So I'm going to stop for a second. I want to see where your head's at and what questions you're having. And then we can get a little bit more into the how I turn people into customers. But I, I feel like I need some reflection from you. Where are you feeling like, what is she talking about? Where are you feeling lost? Um, what are you resonating with? The, yeah, the thing that is the most desirable thing, just as a normal human being living somewhere where you don't know people is to start to build that community. Mm -hmm. And so um, having both of those, yeah, just having it be something that is an, an authentic motivation. And I say that like word authentic is a bit weird to use, but I mean, it mean in the sense that let's pretend I'm not even painting, not even yeah. trying to sell anything. That's what I would be doing anyway, especially because, I mean, we can get a bit lazy about things like that because if you have a, 
you know, an established community or group of people, or you live not far away from family, then it's, I think it would be more complacent about that. But here, uh, you have to take the initiative. Otherwise you end up knowing nobody because I don't know anybody, (laughs) you know? So that feels kind of good because actually it takes, it changes it from being a business objective to being something that is happening organically, not necessarily organically, like you have to be active with it. It's not just going to passively happen to me. Um, but it's something that is like just a normal person would be thinking about doing. Right. And I love the, you corrected yourself, but I, I don't think you should have the authentic. This is a authentic reason to reach out and ask people, Hey, can you introduce me to someone? And I'm all about being more authentic like why would I do this as a person anyway right yeah. and it's really not that hard but we get <laughs> in our heads about what are they going to think and why can't I and what should I say and you can almost always make it authentic by thinking about what is the thing that I want or need and how can I just be really real about asking for it and saying hey I need some help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Please help me. And in this instance, you have a really great obvious reason to do that. I'm moving. I don't know anybody. Help. People love to help. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Especially if you can make it easy for them. Like, here's how you could introduce us. It would be really, you know, just tell me who they are and then pass it off. Because it's, it's daunting. I mean, that idea, that whole idea of just realizing, I mean, the, connecting those dots of like having, a well, a, what I would consider for where I'm at right now in my practice, a well-established um, network of folks that I have sold things to and repeated sales to. And I think I have tended to be like, oh, well, but it's because they know me as opposed to some stranger uh, being like, yeah, I'll take 10. Um, but just realizing that, yes, like I have realized in the past two years that actually it's just based on relationship. People are going to be interested in participating in your story if they know you, if they, yeah. 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 I basically have three buckets that I, think overlap a lot about why people buy your art and one of them is because they know you like that's a whole bucket all by itself (laughs) so usually this is the one that gets put down and discounted and I think it's probably the most powerful one Mm -hmm. so love that bucket um okay so thank you for all of that and I also wanted to point out you said even if I wasn't trying to sell I should do this Yes. When we put a, in your words, business objective on things, it, and yes, we are putting a business objective on it, but how can we try to know how that could help us and then take that need for it to work that certain way away? Yeah. You know what I mean when I, I'm saying that. Yeah. And I've thought of, I thought a lot about that too, is like how, because it is that it's almost like the, the, the heart of the thing can't be dressed up as something else, you know? Right. And if I package it like this, then I'm meeting my own need to be like, okay, I'm doing something. I'm being, a, I'm businessing, but actually it's not necessary. And I'm at that stage where I realized that's totally not necessary, except the, the, the default, like the doer maker person of me, um, knows how to do that. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at being productive and setting goals and like meeting objectives and having a timeline and all that stuff. So I, and I think there's a value to that, but I need to know how to like keep those things clearly distinct from one another. I think it can easily get for me, they easily get intertwined in a way that, like you say, it's not helping the truth of the thing be what it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that when you put a lot of pressure on something that it has to work, I think that's when it gets really intertwined and can get messier. Right. So 
let me think, where do we want to go with this? Do we want to go toward what are ways to nurture people towards sales or how can we create a base of income, like a runway so that you can have some time to work on this stuff without so much pressure on it? Yeah, definitely the second, I think. So just quickly, but as an example of this past year, in order to get the French visa, I was applying for a special category called the Passport Talent Visa Artistique, which is, France is amazing. They actually give visas specifically to artists and actors and writers. And it's very cool, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. But in order to apply for that, I had to legitimize my practice. And I can do that. I mean, I went to art school, like I have that paper stuff, yeah. but I hadn't done my work as a business before. And so then I found myself, <clears throat> excuse me, working really hard to uh, paint. You know, I did two collections last year. Well, twofold. The first was to be able to um, start to put into practice my financial projections, which I needed for my visa application, like I had to have a business plan. Um, and the second one was actually to see like, will this thing actually fly? You know, if I'm not teaching and I'm actually doing this, you know, and promoting work that isn't sold before it's painted, will it sell, will it work? And I found that actually that process of doing the doing part wasn't really fun. <laughs> I can be honest, it was great to paint, but I wasn't painting for the painting. And I think, you know, in my mind, I don't know enough about it to say, to say much more than in my experience from the past year of doing it that way, it was absolutely like, okay, if this is how it's going to be, then I guess that's just how it's going to be. Maybe this is what it's like to be a working artist is to be just like, now I'm doing another one and I got to get back to, you know, making another one. And if that's what it is, then that is okay. Uh, but I just don't know, you know, and it felt, yeah, it felt like work. I mean, I also had a lot on my plate. I also was doing a full-time job and had a new baby. So I don't know if my perspective was, you know, I know that my perspective wasn't. But here's there. my take on it. It may be that as you get started, because the position that you are currently in is, and now I have to make money ready, go. Yep. And so it might start off where it's more of a job. Our goal is to move it into where it's more of that. I want to do what I want to do, paint what I want to paint. And I don't think it should stay here. Absolutely. But if we were taking a different approach to it, where I'm going to keep my job and I'm going to build up my business, then I would give you different advice. But since we're jumping head on, I think it's going to be more of what can I make money doing right now Yeah. as I'm learning this other stuff? Because we need that safety, security, reliable income for our family mm -hmm. and that's not the purpose of having an art business. The art business is so I can do what I want to do and be inspired and collaborate on fun projects. So we don't want to stay there. But that being said, it's not like it has to be torture. This is art after all. So <laughs> is it that you want to sell work you already have right now? Or is it that I want to line up some collaboration or not collaboration, sorry, some commissions, or is it that um, I want to put together some virtual classes for the people who I already know, do any of those routes seem appealing to you? I like the idea of producing a body of work and then putting it up for sale. I mean, I like that, the challenge of that and the flow of that. I like that a lot. Do you already have a body of work? I don't have anything at the moment because I sold it. So that, I mean, that's yeah. nice. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. 
And I do, I do like that very much. Uh, and I also like commissions. I mean, I'm not afraid of them. And I, I like working with somebody to get really what they want. So both of those things to me uh, feel good. It's just, the, I guess the inexperience that I have with knowing how to, how to sell things. Yeah. yeah. How to run a business. Like that part of it is like, I don't know how to do that. To be honest, when my artwork sells, I'm like, God, that's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, great. I'm glad they liked it. <laughs> that That is the best feeling. If you already had a bunch of work stored up, I would say, let's go that way. And we can use, we're moving and we don't want to bring all this with us as an excuse to throw an art party and everybody come by it. Since you don't have that right now, I would say the next best thing to do, because you don't have time to be putting together a whole series and marketing it and like doing that as you're moving. Maybe I'm wrong, but that sounds like it's not going to help your stress level at all. So the next thing that I would go to is lining up commissions. And what I mean is telling people, hey, you know, as we are getting on our feet, I'm going to be taking... X amount of commission spots. And you can figure that out by, I'm going to make them this big or bigger. And here's what that costs. And here's what I need. So do you have a number of how many, I mean, sure, I'm making you do this on the fly, but do you have a rough number of how many commissions you would need to sell to have three months of bills, money that you need? Uh, well, most of my commissions, cause they're big will be mm -hmm. probably around a grand a piece. So okay. I think if I sold, I mean, if I sold two or three a month, mm -hmm. that would be great. But to be honest, I mean, I, if you think about the commissions that I had last year, I did maybe eight. Okay. In a year. Did you really go after them though? Or did they just kind of fall in your lap? I mean, they just sort of happen. Like I see organically, I really mean that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And what, what were the people asking you for? Like what, what did they want you to paint? Uh, well, they were asking me to paint a landscape for them. And it usually was a gift for somebody, um, like their partner, husband, wife, whatever. Um, and they wanted something quite I mean, just because of the size, right? They wanted something like their like, view of their porch. Yeah, they'd ask me for like a specific location. Mm -hmm. And what was that? Was it like their the place they went got married, or the thing they look at every day, or the place they went on vacation, or was there a trend there? Yeah, it was. It was particular places that people had had some special memory with. So, for example, there's a woman who was um, moving away from her acreage and downsizing to live like on a golf course. And that was a huge deal for her. And because she, you know, really loved her, the land. Um, and so we talked a bunch and looked at different photos. She had different photos that she was like, these are special, very special spots on my property. Or somebody else um, wanted a view across Lake Geneva. Another one was they wanted a particular mountain. You know, it had to be like mm -hmm. this this mountain because they have a chalet that looks that way or whatever. So it varies, yeah. but always this has some special meaning for them in particular. I think your first homework I would give you is to actually write down what all those were, or I guess this is your second homework, making lists today. Uh, so write down what all of those were and see if you can find what the majority trend was. Was it they were moving houses? Was it they had visited there, was it, you know, whatever that very even more specific thing is. And then as you're reconnecting with all of these people, you can also say, and the other thing I'm doing is um, trying to fill up my commission spots for the next three months, just so we have this runway. And I'm particularly looking to do big landscape commissions of When you say special places with special memories, it's just too vague. Uh -huh. So I want you to find that really specific thing that they 
the majority of them were looking for, which might be the view from their home or the place they went on vacation and it changed their life, you know, whatever it was Mm -hmm. and say, this is exactly what I'm looking for. If you know of anybody, let me know or introduce me or would you tell them about me? Whatever. Yeah. We're going to call it a call to action. Whatever call to action you want to use there. I would guess that will get you probably two or three. So that's a month. And then in your Instagram or your Facebook or wherever you show up the most for the next month, you can talk about, here's what I'm doing. Here's why I'm doing it. Here's who I'm doing it for. Here's examples of me doing it. Here's why this is special to me, or here's a testimonial. And that becomes the focus of what you are speaking into. You're not just putting out posts, you're putting out posts with a purpose. That'll probably get you a couple more. You can even ask for things like, hey, do you know anyone who, and do that in some posts or stories or reels or videos or whatever works the best for you. So that'll probably get you your next month. And then the other thing I might do is reach out to your past clients and ask them specifically for, do you know anybody who would want that? And share your reason. We're moving to France. Um, You know, I'm quitting my job. I am creating an income, you don't use my words, use yours, but I'm creating this income runway for our family as I get my practice going there. So this is what I'm looking for right now. Do you know anybody? How does that feel for you? Yeah, I like the telling them why thing because I'm actually, you know, I don't know, maybe other people are like this too. I feel like it can be quite cagey about my motivations because I don't know why actually. Just being up front. This is why I'm asking what I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Here's your basically three month game plan. (laughs) You're getting introductions to start building your network over there. You're asking for commissions very specifically. You're executing those commissions as you're moving and you probably don't have a whole lot of wiggle room for other things so what you could even do is say as you're booking these out you said you're moving in august so august 15th is my first one when you book you get this this slot august 30th to whatever is this slot so you can just like give people slots going down the road so you know some of them won't be delivered for several months yeah But that gives you a little bit of space to also be painting, creating that collection that you want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. so you're kind of doing two things at once, but neither one is taking over your life, giving both of them some space. Mm -hmm. I have a question about that because I've tried that in the past. Like I had, I don't know, maybe three or four people. It was just kind of coincidental, but they're like, oh yeah, um, I would love to get you to paint something for my wife or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I didn't hear from them. And I sent a follow-up to everybody who had expressed interest in an email. And I just said, hey, I just want to know if you're still interested, just let me know because things are filling up, which was the truth. I mean, I've still got four paintings that I need to do by the end of sort of the autumn. Um, and so I just said, like, listen, you know, just so you're not waiting for, for half a year to get your artwork, um, if you're interested. And it was just radio silence. And so I just don't know, you know, like, I've done that to people. I'm like, hey, ask my friend, hey, you want to come over? We could, like take some photos of this and this and this. And then I just don't follow up because I'm busy or whatever it is. And right. so I know that it's just like life has happened. But I also don't want to be that person who's like, hello. <laughs> So my favorite thing to do with this is 
once they express interest, if at all possible, if you know they're not opposed to it, say, would you like to hop on a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever, an Instagram call, I don't care, and talk through this and see if I can give you what you want and make sure that I know what it is you want and just talk about like where my what it would look like as far as timing, because I've got some other stuff going on and how we could price it out or do a payment plan and just get all the details figured out. So you have all the information and you can make an informed decision. Because when you do that, they're gonna be way more committed to it and feel more safe, more held by you okay. and be more apt to want to do it because they are getting to know you in that process mm -hmm. than if you're just emailing back and forth. It's this more abstract thing. And that thing you said about making them feel more safe, um, I guess to me feels like, not counterintuitive, but it's like, in my inexperience with it, I would feel like they would feel pestered or- Pressure or whatever yeah. um and but I think that's a really interesting way to frame it uh and I it's just, about your intention their my intention your intention right so your intention is going to shine through if okay. your intention is to pressure them into buying they're going to get that uh -huh. if your intention is I really want to make sure you're getting what you want and we're on the same wavelength and we understand what this is going into it. How can I help you get what you want? How can I, you know, share with you where the boundaries around what I have to do are like that kind of intention. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I mean, that makes absolute sense. Um, but I guess the initial I mean, I need to also provide them with an out really, right? Like, or is that sure. small thing? You can say, and if that's not something that you're comfortable with, let me know and we'll just continue the conversation here. Okay. But in my experience, it's easier for us to communicate not going back and forth, but, you know, just being in the same place together so we can get it all figured out and see if it's something that you even want to do. Yeah. Like you can provide all of those outs all along the way. Yeah. You want to see what I'm writing on my notes on? My daughter, this is the poem side, so I'm not totally wrecking it. <laughs> I love it. I don't have paper. I have child's artwork. <laughs> Um, I have sacks of that all over the place. So I get you. <laughs> okay. I try to keep these to about 30 minutes, but I just felt like we needed to go a little bit deeper into this for you, but we're kind of needing to start wrapping up. So sure. do you have any final thoughts, questions, um, objections? things you love? No, I think it's clear. And I like the fact that it ends up being those conversations, initiating those conversations for sure. I mean, I'm an incredibly shy person. So the, the idea of doing that is daunting to me, but in terms of a next step, I think that makes absolute sense. And like I said before, just telling them your reason is if it's the truth, then, you know, yeah, then people, yeah, I think people feel that. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And it feels like a good thing to do. It doesn't feel salesy or like I'm putting on a business suit. Well, you're really not. It, it could help your business. It will help your business, but you are not doing it for business. You're doing it to know more people. Mm -hmm. In, in the best way, like, I don't want to be lonely. I want to have people around me that I love that love me back. And I want to know more of them. And I want to make connections with people who are like me. Yeah. And I don't say that in a excluding way, but more of a energy for you sort of way. Like, yeah. 
I am also an introvert. And if I try to give my energy to everyone, it's exhausting and I don't want to do it. And I will go hide in a corner. But if I know I'm going to connect with this person in some way, and I just need to see if it could go further, but I already have an inkling that it's going to feel good, then I'm willing to go do it. If I already have an inkling, it's going to feel bad. I'm going to make up an excuse not to do it. <laughs> but we are following the, the good feelings. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Perfect. Okay. Well, Sarah, I don't think I called you Allie a single time. You didn't. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I need to meet her someday. And I want to know where can people get more of Sarah if they want to go see what you're about? Uh, probably just my Instagram handle would be the best one or my website. Would um, you spell those out for me? I surely can. So the Instagram is just Sarah Hodgson, S-A-R-A-H-O-D-G-S-O-N, A-R-T. And it's the same thing for my website. It's just .com. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah, it was lovely with you. Thank you for all of your insight. And it's, um, I like how you, the word triage comes to mind. Again, I'm not sure if that's the right one. Probably it isn't, but like it's super, yeah, scaffolded into like easy things to bite off. Good. That, that is great feedback. And I love to hear that because that is my goal. So thank you for letting me know that that worked. Good. And uh, I hope you find a moment to make it to the Celtic Festival. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My family's about to go to the Celtic Festival. So yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Well, it was lovely seeing you, meeting you, and yeah, I hope like to it. talk to you again soon. Let me know how everything's going. I will. Okay. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time and insight. Thank okay. You. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get new episodes loaded straight onto your phone as soon as they're ready. And as an added bonus, when you subscribe, it helps other artists find this advice so we can learn how to make our art more valuable as a community. What could be better than that? And be sure to say hello and let me know you've been listening over on Instagram. My handle is at artistmarketcup. I would love to hear from you.